Christine Jorgensen's claim to fame is that she is the first person in the United States to be widely known for being transgender. She also read about sex reassignment surgery at this time. Also the fact that it was illegal in almost every country in the world except for Sweden. Before she was able to get the surgery, they had to get permission from the Danish Minister of Justice to perform castration. Why? You had to get permission to cut yourself? Yeah. Like to... Yeah. Uh, what Under what authority? Under the Danish authority. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I am Chloe Skye. I'm Sarah Gorski. And usually Sam is here, but she just had a little baby. Yeah. So she is on a little maternity leave right now. And we have a guest with us today. And I am so, so, so excited that she is here. I am bringing to you... Jupiter Stone. That's the that's the crowd sounds. <laughs> yep. That's the crowd sounds. That was the crowd cheering yes. for Jupiter. Wow. <laughs> Chloe, can you can you fade in some of that like gladiator background sound? Like I'll do when my you best. put it together. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> Jupiter Stone. Woo! Yeah, it's gonna be good. Hello, that is me. Hello, humans out there listening. I'm a a, a long time listener, first time guest host happy to be here on broad first guest know. host in general for you're our first guest in general We've that's never true had a guest. that's wow. true i mean i'm setting the tone <laughs> and i'm just putting <laughs> it Set out there future future the guests this is where it's gonna be this is how this is the bar so I, i'll do my i'll do my best but i'll also try to leave some realistic room you know for, for the next people. No, I'm excited to be here. I, I'm super, super down. I love broads you should know. And I'm super excited to share a broad that I think people should know. So thank you for the opportunity. You you two should have a baby so I can come back on soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> She's crying. Uh. <laughs> If my was, mom listened to the podcast, she would say something about me not having had a baby yet. So I'll, I'll like fill in that random comment. <laughs> oh. As yeah, mothers so, tend to do. So Jupiter's going to be here with us for the next few weeks because we record our, these episodes in little chunks. So yeah, you're going to see her, her episode's going to come out next week. And then, but she's going to be, she's going to oh, be wow. in the background talking in, in a few episodes. Yeah, I hope y'all took notes because I'm going to have questions. <laughs> I'm going to have grievances. I'm going to have things to say. All right. Yes. Well, that's why we're, you know, rated explicit. So you can say whatever you want. It's true. Fuck it's yeah. true. Can't fuck listen yeah, to this we can unless swear. you're down with the fuck word. <laughs> down with the F. <laughs> Gotta be down with the fuck word. All right. So without uh, further ado. But this week ado, is Chloe. This week yeah. is Chloe. Chloe, week, who is your broad? This week, I have brought a super awesome broad for us. Uh, have either of you heard of Christine Jorgensen? No. That's my cousin. What? No, it's not. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. I've never heard of Christine I would be Gorgens- Gorgensen? Jorgensen. Jorgensen. Yeah. Oh. I would be I would be surprised if this was your cousin. Why but- is that? <laughs> Who is she? Who is this broad? Christine Jorgensen's claim to fame is that she is the first person in the United States to be widely known for being transgender. Yes. Yes. Another transgender broad. Yeah. Second one. Yes, because they belong here. Yeah. Yeah. 
They we do. started with Marsha P. Johnson was our first, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Maybe some of our other broads were, but didn't u- didn't use the word trans. But this is exciting. It's true. Yes. I wanted to do a little note up front that as I was doing my research, it's it's still clear that there's not like a, a consensus on how to talk about or report about trans people because a lot of the different articles and websites used different variations of language when discussing her and her legacy. Some of them still referred to her as him. There's like this like obsession oh. with describing her genitals in a lot of the, mm. the articles. Fucking gross. It's right. nobody's business. For fuck's sake. Right, Genitals exactly. are it's, private. <laughs> uh, although it is slightly relevant to the story. So uh, I'll bring it up when it's when it's relevant uh, and not just like the whole time, which some of the articles did. Um, and then there's also the trapped in the wrong body stereotype, which isn't true for all trans women, but was true for Christine. Like that's how she described herself. So because it was her truth, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it. But I wanted to just like let that out up front. This is Christine's story. This is not you know, trans people aren't a monolith. This isn't how everyone feels. Of course not. I mean, there's no one story that represents exactly. all of them, right? We all like exactly. know that on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Christine Jorgensen was born in 1926, and she grew up in the Bronx. And she self-described around this time as a frail, toe-headed, introverted little boy who ran from fist fights and rough and tumble games. She says. <laughs> She says that the uh, the other boys her age used to bully her for being more interested in dolls, and her sister would would join in. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I told you we were related. Well, join in, yeah. join in, bully. That's so rude. Yeah, I know, right? <gasps> Damn, that's yeah. cold shit. So, well, she probably got some grief for that too, for having like for having a brother that was so like frail that if she thought she didn't pick on him too, then she would get picked on for like supporting. Possibly, him. yeah. Like, just wanted to be like. Wait, was the sister older or younger? I think she was younger. I actually didn't write it down, but I've... Dang. Yeah, I feel like she was a younger That's sister. That's some cold shit. I know. That's some cold family shit. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. to have a younger sister bullying an older brother. Makes me sad. I know. For that little toe-headed bait. <laughs> <laughs> She said that in an early memory, she remembers lamenting to her mother that God had not made them alike. She said, why, why didn't God make us alike, mommy? And, and her mom explained, well, the world needs both men and women, and there's no way to know before a baby is born which it will be. Um, and I'd also like to know that there's also no way to know after a baby's born what its gender will be. <laughs> oh, that's your comment. That wasn't her. That yeah, wasn't no, no, her that mom. wasn't her mom. Okay, not in not in the 1920s. I was like, wow, oh, that's a progressive mom, yeah. <laughs> right? No, no, no. That was that was me. That that note was me. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. Um, in high school, she developed an attraction to some of her male friends, but started also realizing that she wasn't gay. She was like, that doesn't quite feel right. So mm. that's when she started to realize, like. I think I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. So she graduated high school uh, during World War II, and she went to enlist in the army. She said she wanted to be accepted by the army for two reasons. First is that she had a great desire to belong and to be needed and to join the stream of activities around her. And secondly, she wanted her parents to be proud of her. Wow. However, she was rejected due to her quote-unquote dainty size and weight. She was 5'8 and 110 pounds. Whoa. That is a skinny bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they could have put her in the cannon. Yeah, and that's as an 18-year-old. So. Damn. Wow. So she was she was small. 
Yeah, she so she did have like a an atypical like boy form for the time, I guess. Yes, that, definitely. That is pretty slender. Definitely. A few months later, she was drafted. So they were like, "You can't, you can't enlist, but we'll actually just force you to join anyway." <laughs> That's the most American the fucking, shit. <laughs> the fucking army? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> like she went to all this trouble to try to get in. Yeah. Oh my god. And they were like, no, absolutely it. not. Actually, you're drafted. You have to come serve. <laughs> wow. uh, and because of her size, they didn't send her to battle. They stationed her in New Jersey, and she worked as a clerical worker for 14 months. And then she was honorably discharged in December of 1946. Okay. Did she want to fight? Was she, like, wanting to enlist to fight? Or did she just want to be in the army and... I don't think she wanted to fight. Like, she des- she described that she hated conflict and, like, ran away from fights. So I think mm. she really just wanted to, like, help out. And she was like, let the people who can fight go fight and all do the jobs that don't require fighting. Okay. So so that was perfect. So exactly. that worked out perfect yeah, for her. Yeah, worked out. Okay, It great. worked out. <laughs> Afterwards, she attended photography school and dental assistant school. And she still wasn't feeling like fulfilled and happy in her life. And so she started diving into books to try to learn more about herself. She stumbled upon a book called The Male Hormone, which helped explain the feelings that she was having. And she started taking estrogen just on her own. <gasps> wow. Like where? What like does that she, mean? Like she, wait, you, you could just get estrogen. Like anyone could get that like over the counter back then, I think, right? Yeah. What so she just started fuck? buying estrogen pills and taking them. Like, she wasn't prescribed it by a doctor. She hadn't, like, talked to anybody about her feelings. She just was like, I'm going to do this. And was one of the first people, I, th- I think, that, that started doing it. Okay, because, like, when else would you, like, why would that be available over the counter? Like, who else is taking it? Oh, it's for, women in, it's for women in menopause. So, like, when women oh. are going through menopause, I think it helps... Or well, it, it at one point now it's actually believed to maybe be one of the causes of cancers if if you like Jeez. take a lot of estrogen pills. But back then, people would take it to help ease the symptoms of menopause. I think. Wow, I'm surprised. Don't that, quote that me, audience. Don't quote me. Look it up too. But I th- I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe this is a spoiler, but Christine Jorgensen did die of cancer. Whoa. So, Damn. just blew the lid off the whole broad episode right, right there. <laughs> so you might be right about that. I'm just surprised yeah. that like there was something to ease women's pain so readily available, considering you know patriarchy. <laughs> well, people people don't like listening to women bitch when they're on their period. <laughs> <laughs> so men That's found a way to forever. try to shut women up a little right. bit. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a joke, but it's not. Right, it's not I know. Uh, I laugh because it's uncomfortably true. What kind of cancer did she die of? Do you know? Uh, let me scroll to the bottom here. Uh, bladder and lung cancer. Mm. According to the American Cancer Society, uh, although estrogen alone improves the symptoms of menopause, it increases the risk of cancer in the uterus. Mm. That's kind of close. Damn. Close. Bladder Damn, and Jupiter's uterus. like looking shit up while we're doing the episode. <laughs> this has never happened before, I think. I just like really This is next level myself. shit. I'm this is like to, a real podcast now. I'm trying to be your ass back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. people don't generally take estrogen anymore, but back then, yeah. Right. It was available. 
over the counter. <laughs> yeah, she just started doing it. She also read about sex reassignment surgery at this time. Also the fact that it was illegal in almost every country in the world except for Sweden. Yeah! And so she was determined to get it done. And thankfully she had family in Denmark, which was a nice convenient excuse for her to go to Europe uh, without telling wow. anyone why she was going. So in 1950, she flew to Denmark uh, to visit her family. And there she was introduced to the doctor, Christian Hamburger, who specialized. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. <laughs> hamburger. Christian Hamburger. Christ, not any, this is not a Jewish turkey sandwich. <laughs> this is a Christian Hamburger. Ah. This is a doctor and you're being rude. <laughs> so sorry. Revolutionized shit. I should give respect. <clears throat> All right, Dr. Hamburger. What you did? I just, I can't get over it. Dr. Hamburger. Dr. Christian Hamburger. Okay specialized in the surgery that she wanted. And he was also the first doctor that she had seen who diagnosed her as transsexual instead of homosexual. And wow. he agreed to perform the surgery for free because this was still kind of an experimental procedure. <laughs> she wow. might die. Yeah. Uh, like the first person who got the surgery died from it. Wow. wow. Yeah. Like that's what the, the Danish girl is about is the first person to undergo the sex reassignment surgery and... Spoilers, she died. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Well, thanks a lot. You don't you don't have to. It's not it's not good. It's Isn't that Eddie Redmayne? Yeah. Isn't that Yeah. And he won an Mm. Oscar, you know. just cis men playing trans ladies. It's no big deal. Yeah. Anyway. So she got the surgery though. Well, before she was able to get the surgery, they had to get permission from the Danish Minister of Justice to perform castration. Because that was the only way to do a castration in Denmark. You had to go to the Minister of Justice and get permission. Why? You had to get permission to cut yourself? Yeah. Like to... Yeah. Uh, uh, what, under what authority? Under the Danish authorities. Okay, what are the prerequisites? Like, is there a checklist that says, like, well, I don't know. They're just like, we don't want people who have testicles to be castrated unless we've said so first. Wow. That was a law. I wonder where that law, I wonder what that came from. I wonder if that came out of, like, the castration of young boys, like, by the church and stuff like that. Like I wonder against if their that, will? like. Like, if it was, like, put yeah. in place to protect people. Yeah, because that's a weird law. Like, why right. would you have a law interesting. about that? Huh, that is interesting. I was thinking more it was just like, we don't want our population to be unnecessary shrunk, so we have to we have to be able to choose. Like, the government should decide who can't procreate. And but, like, were people, like, en masse deciding to castrate them? I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't think so. Ivy Coasty had some shit. Okay. All what, right. What so have you discovered? In Denmark... Oh, my God. You looked it up? I did, of course <gasps> I looked okay. it up. The use of surgical castration was stopped in 1970. And then it goes on to say, and then since the late 1980s, serious sex offenders have, on a trial basis, been treated with anti-androin. Androgen. Androgen drugs. So I think this is like saying that like they used to use it as like a punishment for sex offenders. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Wow. And so because it was a punishment. That's some medieval shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you did what? Never again. Oh yeah, mm. because now they do like chemical castration sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Or that, or that was the more recent punishment for. I feel like, uh, or just chemically, they're like, now you can't get it up. Wow. Right. But they don't. But back then, they just like cut it. Holy shit! <laughs> this got really real. This conversation right. got yeah. super real really <laughs> fast. <God> damn. <laughs> Learning shit. 
history. Yeah. History. Okay, but did she get permission? Did she? She get did. Permission? She gets permission. She gets the surgery, and after the surgery, she she writes a letter home to some of her friends and says. As you can see by the enclosed photos taken just before the operation, I have changed a great deal, but it is the other changes that are so much more important. Remember the shy, miserable person who left America? Well, that person is no more, and as you can see, I'm in marvelous spirits. Wow. Wait, did she send pictures of her crotch? I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it was of her crotch. I, 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 I believe it was of probably the rest of her. <laughs> Like her makeover, like like her, yeah. like, okay. Yeah, just like a photo of her looking happy post-op. Post oh, because also, that's so great. Because before they had the surgery, uh, or before she had the surgery, um, she went through, she was in Denmark for years, like seeing Dr. Hamburger, and he treated her with hormones, and she was one of the first people to have this surgery that also was treated with hormones first. Like, mm. there had been a couple mm. other people who had the surgery, but they didn't have any hormones. Like, it was just like, all right, we're going to change your body real quick. And so... Did Dr. Hamburger... I can't, I can't say without laughing. Christian did Dr. Hamburger. Did Dr. Hamburger, like, attribute some of the success to the fact that she had hormone treatments before? Um, was there anything about that? Yes. Like, Dr. Hamburger, there, there's a couple of quotes I found, but I didn't write them down, where he was talking about how how her body changed after the hormone treatment and how, like, the fat mm. was redistributing itself and, like, she got more curvy and, like, looked more feminine mm. before the surgery even happened. And so then post-op, it was like, yeah, you just, you look like any cis woman. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So a couple years later, her transformation was complete and she was ready to come home. After arriving in New York... Uh, she became headline news, like, immediately. Everyone started reporting on her. There's a couple theories that say she leaked the story that she was coming back to the press herself uh, to, to, to drum up some some popularity, some press. Some PR. Yeah. Some PR, man. Yeah. And so the New York Daily Post publishes the headline, XGI becomes blonde beauty. Operations transform Bronx youth. And Wow. This is also the first time she wore women's clothing was after the surgery. Like, was this wait? What year was that? What year did she come back? I'm sorry, I totally forgot, and you just said it. Uh, it was f 1952 or 54. I can't remember which one, and I forgot okay. to write it down. But it was in the early 50s. Uh, what was the reaction of like the press and pe like were people like freaked out or were people people like were fascinated and curious? I would say. Uh, hundreds of newspapers picked up the story after the New York Daily Post wrote about it. And Christine said she was shocked that there were so many people who were so interested in her life. Most of the stories were focusing on some combination of her beauty and her status as a World War II veteran. And mostly they were talking about the scientific, technological, and medical advancements that had made the transition possible. Like, people were obsessed with science and medicine at the time, and especially, like, how quickly technology was advancing. And so they were like, wow, we can just, like, turn boys into girls now? This is crazy. <laughs> wow. Uh, so some other headlines wow. included, Bronx boy, now a girl. And dear mom and dad, son wrote, have now become your daughter. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. So soon after this, she is named Woman of the Year by the Scandinavian Societies of Greater New York. What? Wow. Yeah. Like she just, she was like immediately just welcomed and sort of held up. I love up. it. Yeah. Yeah. However, this, it didn't, it didn't last because six months later, these reporters who, who she had been following her around, like trying to get more details, like how did this happen? Like what is going on? Uh, they decided to go and talk to the actual surgeons who performed the surgery. And, Dr. Hamburger. Right. So they go talk to the surgeons and they learn Christine still has a penis. And so immediately the press and the public turn against her. They had assumed Ugh. she had been completely sort of rebuilt from the ground up. And like now she had ovaries and working reproductive system and was like having periods uh, now. Uh, like they just assumed uh, everything was changed. Wow. And, and oh now, now they're saying, well, you can't be a woman if you don't have those things. So now she's shunned. Uh, now she's being shunned. No one wants to speak to her anymore. And they started writing about her as a liar and an altered male, a morbid transvestite, and a limp-wristed effeminate queer. God, the press have always been the worst. Right? That's so upsetting. The worst. What does this, like, do to her, you know? Like, how did she react to that? So she started to feel a little bit incomplete, despite having been really happy with everything before that, and decided to seek surgery to obtain a vagina. Oh, uh, this is where she dies. <laughs> she di No, she died of cancer. Oh, that's right. She does have cancer. We already talked about that. That's, that's way later. Vagina surgery cancer. No, not vagina surgery cancer. Fine. So uh, in May of 1954, she obtains a vaginoplasty. And get she has a vagina 64? 54. 54 or 60? 54. 54. Did she have to go to back to okay. Denmark for that? No, she gets that in America. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently the castration surgery was illegal in the United States, but the vaginoplasty one wasn't. And maybe the law changed like in mm. those couple of years. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was just... I don't know. Maybe the wait a minute. There wasn't a I'm law confused. in the books because isn't cast isn't castration is that just the balls? Is that why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. Welcome to the club, Sarah. Now you know something <laughs> that you never knew. Look, genitals are okay. private. Okay, like yeah. you said. Is yeah. You, yeah. It is what it is. They clip the balls. Mm -hmm. So she goes on to become okay. a nightclub performer. She said, you know, I decided if everyone wanted to see me so bad, they'd have to pay for it. Yes! And Make she, that money! Yeah, and she often Make sang it. the song, I Enjoy Being a Girl, in her act. <laughs> she moves to <laughs> Hollywood. That song is cute, I love it. So. <laughs> she moves to Hollywood? She moves to Hollywood. Uh, she faced a lot of hurdles in ever making it big, because Hollywood, you know, they paint themselves as progressive, Sucks. but they were not. They were still weren't like they're like what are you a a, a boy lady what a, what's going on here how do we cast this right um, I like how you did that though with like a New York accent <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was my New York New Yorker Hollywood type New York producer I'm a New York producer yeah <laughs> <In> Hollywood <laughs> so she gets engaged twice the first engagement falls apart uh, not a lot of details on that the second one was almost gonna go through but then she was denied a marriage license because her birth certificate identified her as male and you know gay marriage not allowed so can't have this Ugh. man marrying this man quote unquote and to make matters worse uh, when their intention to marry became public her fiance lost his job 
Wow. So, yeah, she's facing facing personal struggles. People are not super accepting of trans people in the 50s and 60s. Go figure. Who knew? So in 19... No one knew because they didn't even exist till like last year or whatever, right? (laughs) Like, that's like the the vibe, right? It was like, y'all just popped up out of the ground. It's true. Like, no. We we had to hit a a critical, like, percentage point before anyone was like, wait, how many of you now? Yeah. Like, do you think that some of the, like... I mean, it's interesting because, like, the early acceptance of her and then, like, the later hatred. It's, like, how many other people like her were there? Like, not very many. Not a lot of well-known people. Right. Like, like she's out. the only one who's, like, public. Right. And then most of the other trans people at the time were, like, I don't know. You we, you watch Pose, Sarah. Like, people Yes, just, obsessively. Right. <laughs> just people who, you know, live together sort of outside of society right like on their own together in little like families or houses and i mean because even in the 80s i mean during pose and all like even then that like it's very it's quote weird it's like it's thought to be like and marsha p johnson like was not accepted and was like uh, yeah i don't know so even like 30 years after this this point there still is uh, like being trans is still considered being like a super outlier. Mm-hmm. Even when even when gay rights were becoming big, trans were like not included in that. So yeah. right. And I mean, she is also like white and blonde, right? Yes, I'm sure that's helpful. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, clearly not Man. super helpful. Still can't fucking get a job or get married, even with the fame. Right. All right. So the second marriage f- doesn't go through. Right. So that falls apart. Uh, in 1967, she writes her autobiography, which ends up selling 450,000 copies. Even though people, you know, maybe don't accept her, they're pretty curious and they want to know what's going on here. And yeah, that book was adapted into a film in 1970 called The Christine Jorgensen Story. Uh, I looked it up. It was not very well reviewed. It has a, a pretty low Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> and... and uh, <laughs> It grossed uh, it grossed two hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars, which equate, equates to about one and a half million today with inflation. Uh, was she part of the project? Was she like she was? Very yeah, there's there's some the... photos of her on set, like talking to the actor who's playing the male version of her in the war, and yeah, it looked like she was she was pretty heavily involved in it. Hmm. Did she play her? Did she play herself? No, they had an actor's player. Oh, okay. Actors, like two, like a man and a woman? I don't know. I mean, I, I know they didn't have the adult play the child version of her. Is what I just meant, like... <laughs> oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. The, the one that went to war and then, like... I, I assume they had the same guy who played her at war play her after because there were a few other movies. Like, you know, Ed Wood, the filmmaker Ed Wood, he, yeah. al- he also made a movie about her, like, not officially, but he played her as both pre-op and post-op oh mm. where are these available are these streaming yeah some places oh huh. maybe we should watch wow it. yeah how did things so how much longer did she live before well we know cancer got her but well so this is she... 67 she lived another 22 years okay yeah so um she became a, a transgender activist uh, especially among veterans. She said she received thousands of letters from women struggling with the same issues that she was facing. And she mm. she often said that she wished she could have helped them all, but just could, there were so many. And it's not like she was doing yeah. great herself. Uh, she also traveled the country lecturing in colleges about gender theory. 
Um, she claimed at one point that she didn't start the sexual revolution, but she gave it a swift kick in the pants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 1980, wow. she retired from public life in Laguna Beach, and she dies on May 3rd, 1989, uh, wow. just about a month away from her 63rd birthday. Wow. Wow. So she lived so she lived a pretty, pretty nice life, but yeah, she still died young. Granted, dying in your 60s and 1980s probably about average. Well, I mean, actually that's good for I mean, her demographic. Right, especially. In that and that's that's right at the beginning of like the of like HIV AIDS mm-hmm. was like ravaging Yeah, and co- I don't the community. It seems like she didn't she didn't get that, so she wasn't uh According to Pose Right. My Bible pose. Right. <laughs> it definitely was ravaging in the 80s. Wow. No. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to end the, the story with a quote from her book. Uh, she wrote, The answer to the problem must not lie in sleeping pills and suicides that look like accidents or in jail sentences, but rather in life and in the freedom to live it. Yes. Wow. Yes, Christine. That's nice. Yeah. Damn. So I love it. That is the Christine Jorgensen story, as as I discovered through a few sources on the internet. Uh, <laughs> I didn't obviously read her autobiography, but I want to. Granted, uh, it's only available used, and most people are selling it for like eighty to one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so, because I, I guess it didn't like print that many copies, uh, so like it's kind of a collector's item. I see. Wow. Wow. So yeah, so that's Christine Jorgensen. Um, abroad, you amazing. should know. I, I wish you. Were I'm so glad person. I know her. Yeah. She's amazing. Definitely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out our website, broadsyoushouldknow.com. You can send us an email at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe. It's always super helpful. Review, review, review. Review, review, review. Jupiter and I have another podcast called Modern Eyes. We talk about movies from 10 or more years ago. Check out my blog, chloejadesky.com. That, uh, so that'll, that'll take us out, wrap us up.